Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Just when we thought we'd gotten a bit of a handle on Delta, just when we were starting to open up and get back to life living with COVID, a new variant has arrived to challenge us again. The dangerous new strain of COVID, known as Omicron, is in Sydney. Two international travellers with the virus are in hotel quarantine. The race is on to find the other passengers who were allowed to isolate at home. Today, we're taking a look at the Omicron variant to see whether we need to really be worried or whether the steps we've already taken are enough to deal with this new version of COVID too. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. On Friday, the World Health Organization declared a concerning new COVID-19 variant that had quickly become the dominant strain in some Southern African nations, a variant of concern. It's the fifth variant to be named one of concern, Delta being the one that ended up changing the COVID game for many countries in Europe, some of which are still struggling to keep case numbers down. Melbourne is also still recording over 1,000 daily cases due to the Delta strain. We skipped a few letters of the Greek alphabet to name this variant, reportedly to not be confusing when we discussed the new new variant, or the fact that the next letter is also the first name of the Chinese leader, Xi. So B.1.1.529 has become Omicron. While Omicron was first reported circulating in Botswana and South Africa, the country that initially flagged it to the World Health Organization just last Wednesday, scientists are quick to point out that we don't actually know where it came from, only that it has taken off in Southern Africa. It has already been found in several other countries, including here in Australia, with four passengers who touched down in Sydney over the weekend confirmed to have it, as was a fifth case who tested positive while in quarantine at Howard Springs in the Northern Territory. The pair in Sydney who arrived on a flight from Doha on Saturday are fully vaccinated, are showing no symptoms and are currently in isolation. They both tested negative for COVID before departure, so whether they caught it on the plane or somewhere else in transit is unknown. The man in Howard Springs is also reportedly doing fine, the Territory's chief health officer saying authorities were not overly concerned about him. Despite the World Health Organization advising against imposing travel restrictions because of this new variant, already countries are slamming borders closed again as Omicron turned up in several European countries, Hong Kong and Israel. 
Australia is now not allowing arrivals from nine southern African nations, Israel deciding to close to all foreign nationals and Morocco suspending all incoming flights for two weeks until we know more. This has angered South Africa's President Cyril Ramposa, who's called the travel restrictions deeply unjustified and says that Omicron has exposed how vaccine inequality threatens everyone. The emergence of the Omicron variant should be a wake-up call to the world that vaccine inequality cannot be allowed to continue. Until everyone is vaccinated, everyone will continue to be at risk. But the big three questions we have about this new variant are still not answered. Is it more infectious? Will it cause a more serious illness? And will it still be something our current vaccination can cover? Dr Sanjaya Senananyaika is an infectious disease expert based at Canberra's Australian National University. Dr S, this is the same SARS-CoV-2 virus that kicked it all off in the first place, right? Just with a ton of mutations. But what has us so worried about this particular variant of concern? So, Claire, it's got a lot of mutations, particularly 32 around the spike protein, some of which have the potential to make it more infectious, some of which have the potential to make it evade vaccines. And the other thing about it is that in that part of South Africa where it has been found, it seems to be overtaking Delta, suggesting it is more infectious than Delta. Did they have a large Delta outbreak there? They've had a lot of COVID in South Africa with Delta, yes. But obviously we don't know that it actually started there or not. That's just where it's currently circulating and becoming the dominant strain, right? That's right. It was first isolated in Botswana, but as you say, it may have been isolated somewhere else. So we know that those particular protein spikes that you're talking about that has a lot of mutations on them... How does that work? As in, what is it about those spikes and the changes to them that makes it then more infectious? So that interaction between the spike protein and the ACE2 receptor on our cells, it's like a lock and key. and It's trying to dig its way into the cell. So those mutations can make it easier for the virus to get into the cell. Also, the other mutations which can help it evade the immune system can change the shape of the spike protein a little bit so our immune system doesn't necessarily recognize it. It's a bit like having a criminal, a mastermind criminal, having plastic surgery to alter their appearance so the cops can't find them. So is that why it could potentially then get around the barrier we've put in place with our vaccine? Absolutely. So that's something we are worried about. But we still don't know enough because in South Africa, only 25% of the population are vaccinated. Therefore, a lot of vaccinated people over there may not have met the virus. So it may be hard to tell how the vaccines behave. So as we see Omicron appear in other countries around the world, it's now in Asia and Europe, we might see how it interacts with vaccinated people. Similarly, in the laboratory, we can take the serum, which is the part of the blood with antibodies from people who've been vaccinated and see how it responds to the Omicron variant. So we know that the people who've arrived in Australia with the variant have been doing quite well with it. They are fully vaccinated. They have to be to enter the country. But do we know how the virus is interacting with people vaccinated or unvaccinated? Is it a more serious illness than, say, Delta? Is it more mild? What are we looking at as far as symptoms go? 
So, as you say, we haven't got a huge amount of information from South Africa, but from what we've heard, it's affecting or infecting young, healthy people, but causing a mild illness that's keeping them out of hospital, where interestingly, a predominant symptom seems to be fatigue more than anything else. But the problem with South Africa, again, is only around 6% of the population are over the age of 65. So again, the virus may not have had the opportunity to infect older people who, as we all know, are at higher risk of severe COVID. If Omicron variant is more infectious, but a less severe illness, what kind of impact could it have long-term if it becomes a dominant strain? Could it potentially kick Delta out and maybe be a good thing? Absolutely. If it becomes the dominant strain, we might not see much of Delta at all in the same way we don't see much of the Wuhan strain now because of Delta. So Omicron might become the COVID strain. And if we find that people who are vaccinated are pretty well protected against symptomatic infection and really well protected against severe disease, then having a highly infectious variant that only causes mild disease even in unvaccinated people may not be such a bad thing because Australia is so heavily vaccinated. How long has it taken us through the course of COVID-19 to really get a handle on what a variant can do? How long can we expect until we really know the impact of Omicron? I would say we need at least another couple of weeks for laboratory testing and looking at real-life data in terms of how Omicron infects other people and what it does to people in real life before we can be reasonably sure about where we stand with it. Up to this point, though, we're reading a lot of really inflammatory headlines and there's a lot of panic. How do you see this variant? Are you really worried? Are you panicking? Should we be panicking ourselves? I'm concerned because it does look like it is more infectious, but I'm certainly not panicking because, as we've talked about, we don't know how vaccinated people will do when they get this infection. And it may not be that deadly, even though it is infectious. It might just cause mild disease. So it may not be the end of the world. So I'm certainly not panicking from that point of view. But the lesson here, even if Omicron doesn't turn out to be that deadly and that vaccines are very effective against it, is that we need to make sure that the rest of the world is vaccinated. Equitable access to vaccines is so important. Otherwise, something more infectious than Omicron, potentially more deadly than Delta and Omicron might appear. The next set of questions we have, seeing as we've only just this month reopened our borders internationally and are still dealing with domestic border restrictions, is how will this new variant that we know so little about impact our ability to see our loved ones this Christmas? Dean Long is CEO of the Australian Federation of Travel Agents, known as AFTA, the peak body in Australia representing the travel industry. Dean, what do we know right now about how this variant news is going to potentially stop us from moving around the world? Unfortunately, this new variant is going to have a devastating impact for Christmas travel and also the longer-term recovery for the travel sector. We've got Western Australia closing its border to South Australia or now requiring 14 days. And as well, it's just going to hammer consumer confidence. We know that was the number one issue for people looking to book travel was the fear of not getting home. And on Saturday, that was realised for those people who are wanting to travel now and into next year. Is this something, though, we were told to prepare for, like the dialling up and dialling down of things when these things do arise? Were we prepared for this? 
I don't think so. I think what we were prepared for was a gradual reopening and then a focus on staying open. So what we've seen is a quick lockdown. I mean, if you were if you travelled somewhere thinking you're going to be able to come home quarantine free into Victoria and New South Wales, that was taken away in a matter of you know effectively over two hours on Saturday morning. So it is a very strong response that's going to have a heavy impact on where people want to travel. It will probably mean some good news for people to travel in their own state. We expect that to be extremely high now, but sadly it does mean those people looking to go overseas in the middle of next year, they'll be significantly more wary than what they were before this announcement, and it will have a direct impact on what travel agents can survive uh, this pandemic. It's been 21 months with next to no business. What advice would you give to those people who have booked international flights, regardless of the destination, because we know Southern Africa is now off the cards, but what would you say to those people who've booked European flights, for example, what should they be doing right now? Well, for those people that book through a travel agency, whether on the high street or online, their agencies will be able to support them through this. They'll be able to get in contact with them, give them the relative information when things change. And that's the strength of using a retail high street operation, a corporate agency or an online agency, because they can support you through this whole trip. So if you've got fear over certain elements, get in contact with them and they'll be able to reassure you. Most agencies today will be already updating the advice and already sending the alerts to their clients and that's a really good thing. In a move that goes against the pleas from those countries still struggling to get their communities vaccinated, Australia's Health Minister Greg Hunt yesterday asked the country's expert panel on immunisation, ATAGI, to review the timeframe for us to get our COVID booster shots. Mr Hunt said Australian vaccine supplies were ready if ATAGI gave the green light to speed up that time frame, which currently stands at six months after your second shot. The Prime Minister has said that it's too early to say whether our old quarantine system would be reinstated at this stage, but that he would be calling a meeting of the state and territory leaders to discuss it. Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce has pushed back on any suggestions of locking down parts of Australia in response to Omicron, saying we can't just shut down every time there's a new variant because there's going to be new variants and the economy won't work and society won't accept it if we just keep shutting the show down. For those in places where COVID is already circulating and have been experiencing lockdowns and other virus-halting measures for some time, the thought of dealing with yet another threat from this virus is almost too much to handle. Comedian Tommy Little on the project Sunday night summed up how many people are feeling. I'm no longer worried about my health. I'm just worried about being locked down. They could say this new variant, when you come into contact with it, your eyes immediately fall out. And I'd be like, that's fine as long as we don't go back into lockdown. (laughs) Thomas. What we do know about Omicron is that we don't know a lot yet. It'll take a few weeks to figure out all its workings and what impact that may have on our way of life right now. And while its timing couldn't be worse as we gear up for Christmas, we could also be panicking for no good reason. We'll just have to be patient. That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Ian Camilleri. And if there's a new story you'd like us to check out for you, there's a ton of ways you can get in touch. Socials like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook or Mamma Mia podcast on TikTok or shoot us an email, thequickie at mamamia.com.au.
Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.